Hello everyone, welcome again to the Nielsen Show. Today is December 31st, 2020, and uh, I don't know what reason this kind of been sparking my interest lately is UFOs. A uh, bunch of different programs that have come on that I've watched that have kind of sparked little things in my brain. <laughs> I've always been interested in, uh, you know, just the wonders of space as it is anyways uh, and then just watching some of these shows uh, there was a one that I just recently watched Roswell the first witness you know it's kind of about the eyewitness accounts of that infamous crash down there you know between Roswell and Corona New Mexico uh, you know the, the accounts of people that had seen parts of the material that was collected before the military supposedly got involved with it and uh, a bunch of other movies lately that really put like a bunch of different perspectives on different people's sightings, uh, recent ones that the military surprisingly, you know, captured from their uh, jets, and they actually let that stuff out. You know, nobody really can tell what it is, but, you know, according to the eyewitness accounts of these pilots, they were traveling high speed. So today, my podcast is Aliens, Are They Real? Well, I mean, there's no definitive proof. You know, a lot of speculation, um, blurry videos, different things, you know, it's, I mean, our technology's coming along pretty quick. You know, I'd say within the last, what, 20 years, I mean, since the start of the 2000s, you know, even mid-90s, just how fast technology's moved and computing uh, our cell phones, you know, that are basically turned our big green screen computers into one we're carrying around in our pockets. So I'm just going to try and put into a little perspective the vastness of our known universe. So, from what we can see in any direction, scientists have supposedly kind of measured it as basically the best they can, and they estimate it to be 93 billion light years in diameter. Well, okay, that don't really, 93 billion, I mean, anymore doesn't, that doesn't really compute as much in the, in the number scale I mean 93 billion yeah that's a lot but light years well most people don't even know what a light year is so what I've researched is light year one light year is 5.9 trillion miles and the speed of light is 670 million 616,629 miles per hour and that's measured in a vacuum of space. I mean, different things can make light bend and, you know, still traveling fast, but it's just moving in maybe a different direction or maybe around something and then back around to a straight line, which, I mean, that's not really even relative at this point. You know, so in the vacuum of space, it's where Einstein's E equals MC square calculation comes up. So we think of our sun, you know, I mean, I could break it down to just our solar system and just how vast our planets are away from the sun. But it's, it's still, I mean, it's really hard to contemplate just how vast 
the universe is. I mean, you start looking at just how big our solar system is, how far these planets are away, and it's just amazing. You, know, you can look up in the sky and see the planets at different times of the year, the sun reflecting off of them, and not really realize just how far away they are. <laughs> our moon, closest rock to us, 238,855 miles away. You know, to put that in comparison, you know, from east coast to west coast, you know, on a rough guess, you know, if you was to pull a straight line, you're about three miles, 3,000 miles across. And that's just the size of the U.S. So from us to launch from here in a straight line to the moon, just under 240,000 miles. Now, if we're going to look at our little speck that we call a solar system, inside just our Milky Way galaxy there are roughly 400 billion stars or 400 billion you know as an estimate suns scattered throughout our galaxy but you know at one given time too you know just as far as our technology is going they you know people thought that all the stars in the universe are what we could see just right here from our little planet of just looking up there and seeing the Milky Way you know before we started getting all this light pollution could actually see it real well you know they people believed you know scientists you know that's the thing about science it's always evolving on new discoveries but all the stars in the universe were what they would look up at the sky and see and say oh this is the universe you know right here in the sky what we can see and then Edwin Hubble showed the Milky Way was just one of many galaxies. You know, and that's where the uh, Hubble telescope comes in. And if you've ever researched anything about that and seen the pictures that it's taken out through space, I mean, they were finding all kinds of discoveries with it when that thing started getting up there and taking pictures. And I mean, that was mind blowing enough. So. Some scientists decided, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take a chance. From what we can see, there's this one little dark patch through the through all these galaxies that we can see, and we're gonna turn the telescope and look at that dark spot and just see if there's anything there, or if there's nothing there. You know, maybe we maybe we found all we can see now. So they spent ten days taking pictures of this one dark spot. You know, all those gamma rays, everything's coming in onto the the reflector or whatever it is in there that captures the picture and they looked at it and once again were blown away again that there was like two other random weird stars in there but there was also full of galaxies in that one little dark spot they pointed their telescope towards so where am I going with this just trying to you know, it's it's something we can't even technically even grasp at how big our known universe is. I mean, I don't even think we've actually seen where the end of it is. I don't believe it has an end. Probably just keeps going forever. Who knows? You know, I'm just a dumb construction worker making a podcast. <laughs> but anyways, 
So yeah, they, I watched that Roswell show. I've watched the Phenomenon documentary, and that was really well put together. I think we rented it on uh, Prime, like five bucks to rent. But it really had some good information in that. Interesting information, if nothing else. Uh, another one that was really good that you can watch, I believe it was on Netflix, is the Bob Lazar. And kind of his story that he still sticks to to this day of his work that he did on re reverse engineering, uh, supposedly anti-gravity type mechanism that was, you know, may or may not have come from an alien spacecraft. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of other people, uh, this Nick Pope from England, you know, kind of was a lead guy on UFO phenomenon over in England and all the different information they'd collected. So, I mean, this isn't anything that's unique to the U.S. either is what's interesting, you know. All these other government agencies have all had sightings, you know, different secrets they keep and whatever. Uh, one thing about the Roswell video, going back to that, is they uh, did all the... Uh, eyewitness accounts, the different videos that some of these uh, military personnel that were some of the first people to go and investigate the crash, kind of what their, what they had said to even like family members that they didn't tell anybody else, you know, and then uh, one of the guys did a uh, interview uh, in his older age, basically, I think just, if this stuff's real, you know, then as far as they knew what they seen, and knew from being in the military and having to deal with this stuff, uh, there's still questions that need to be answered, definitely. But their testimonies are, you know, they're pretty believable. I mean, that, that wasn't a time, realistically, you know, where people, the UFO stuff was still, you know, pretty new as far as mainstream type stuff. But people didn't just make that stuff up back then, you know. We just come out of World War II, you know, a few years, what, it was 1947, I think, when the Roswell incident happened. So, I mean, you know, it's, that's something that the world never really seen, you know, or at least not my knowledge of anything I've read up on. So, there's just a, a, a what I'm saying is there's just a vast amount of stars out there you know our sun is a star so we got our solar system as far as we know i mean because like i say we're, we're pretty grounded as far as being able to really go and research any of the other rocky planets that are even right here in our own solar system i mean we're we're pretty young as a, a species in the in the bigger scheme of things you know so I'm, it's just highly unlikely, in my opinion, that there's not other life somewhere else that could be thousands, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of years and more advanced than us that may, you know, like all the, the descriptions of aliens, you know, they look humanoid, but they're possibly like smaller with bigger heads, you know, bigger eyes. Because maybe over a certain amount of time they've adapted to different conditions, especially if they are capable of space travel, then it would make more sense that they have 
their bodies have evolved and adapted to space travel because it and we know from our own astronauts that have stayed up on the space station for a lot of days that it starts changing the composition of your body so you know have these space aliens I guess what we'll call them been traveling in space long enough that it's just altered their bodies you know with lack of gravity and at least a significant amount of gravity like here you know we have a really solid bone structure because of gravity and that's one of the things they started finding out with these astronauts is they start losing bone density you start losing muscle mass because your body's not needing to hold itself up straight basically you know that's basically what our spine and everything our structure our inner skeleton does is keeps your body solid and your muscles have to build to a certain uh, muscle mass to the amount of force that's being put upon it you know that's why when you start lifting weights your body's like oh I need to adapt to this extra weight that I need to start packing around so it starts creating more muscle cells to make itself bigger so I mean it makes more sense you know like all the people that have say they've seen different aliens or had different alien encounters that they're littler beings with bigger brains you know because if you're using your brain that much I would assume that it would probably grow bigger eventually you know if that's if you're using your brain more than you're using any other part of your body you know that's just that's just my opinion you know like I say I'm not a scientist or any of that stuff I'm just kind of going off information I'm finding all over the place you know and then just kind of trying to piece everything together so like I say in our own Milky Way galaxy though we have 400 billion stars but you know even our our closest star is what that's four four point two light years away and you know we we if we revolve around the sun and we're in a perfect spot and then you you know like I say this is just trying to do some simplistic math on the odds the odds of other planets being around that many different stars are pretty good because even though there's that many stars the vast space between them is ginormous <laughs> you know like I say so if you traveled for 4.2 light years 5.9 trillion miles is one light year so start adding up the trillions of miles and how many light years it would take you traveling at the speed of light to get there that's the nearest star to us besides our Sun Proxima Centauri or Centauri 4.25 light years away and then you're talking about all these other stars just in our galaxy and how far away they are from each other and then you'll know, start doing the math that there's 400 billion stars in ours you know how many other universes we know which are estimated at one to two trillion galaxies in the known universe like I say that's just what we know and that's the thing with the science is we're we're slowly learning new things all the time so the science keeps changing you know so as of right now we we estimate one to two trillion galaxies with roughly 400 billion stars in each one of them there's some pretty high odds there's a lot more life out there than just us floating here in this galaxy so that's just my take you know I mean 
I know people can say, oh, no, we're, we're the only ones there. But that's, that's thinking, I think, pretty narrow-minded. And the, the interesting thing is, too, is if you watch the Bob Lazar show and listen to how he's describing how supposedly this craft worked, or, you know, what, what he describes as what it did, it was like an anti-gravity type propulsion, which makes sense because there is gravity everywhere. I mean, even even in the vacuum of space, there's still gravity from different objects out there pulling in different directions. I mean, there's just gravity exists even though it don't feel like it's as much. So even if you're up in space, you know, your your body itself creates gravity. Mass creates gravity in itself. So if this propulsion works like he says it does, and that's the it somehow energizes up the crazy material they've come up with, you know, and it can just zoom. I mean, because you figure if there's, it's like the invention of the ball bearings of how it changed how industry works, you know. I mean, just how your car rolls down the road, you know, all these, they run on bearings and how big of an impact that's made on human life just the invention of the ball bearing. So you can imagine if some more advanced species come out with a, a certain metal that reacted to some kind of a propulsion device that made it anti-gravity and they could direct that force to force. It's like taking a positive and a negative part of a magnet and trying to stick it together and it forces itself away from itself. That's kind of how I envision what he was talking about. But so like I say, I mean, in the in the time frame of what we think we know how old the universe is, then, you know, I mean, that's that's a lot of time for other species that I think would be more more humanoid. Just just like I say, with the limited knowledge we even have of the actual alien life forms. Because the Roswell thing, I, I think it could be easily discredited because the military still tries to discredit it. I think even back to like 2017 or something like that, they come out with another military guy. And, oh, well, this is how we explain it because of we went through all the files and this and that. I mean, if they do have these little aliens somewhere that they had recovered in Roswell... Uh, and they had a craft, and they're trying to figure out how to make certain, I don't know. Military's going to do what it does. It's going to create other war machines, basically. And then we're going to have to try and have the best war machines better than any other country. So I can see in a certain way why they want to keep it secret. But in other ways, I think they're really limiting the capacity of people that would maybe have more insight into it just out of a random whim. You know, even somebody dumb like me, if I, you know, if I had seen it and seen what it was doing and just had a weird random thought about, oh, what if you guys try this and this, you know, and then for some reason it worked. You know, I think they're just limited, limiting the capacity of people that may not be scientists but just a weird whim seeing what it did and it's like oh well, what if you know this or that 
And there's a there's a good possibility too. There's a uh, I think it's Jaco Valet. Uh, he was one of the guys. He was on a Joe Rogan podcast with the James Fox guy. He was the producer of the Phenomenon documentary. A, a really good movie. I mean, if you even have any kind of interest in this stuff at all, it's worth watching. Uh, also, Roswell, the first witness. I think that's the the latest one I just watched on the History Channel. Really well put together, three part deal. You know, and a, a, an ex CIA intelligence guy. You know, kind of doing this research. I don't know if he was just interested in it, if History Channel just found him and wanted him to do it, or what, you know what the spill was on that. But it was just uh, really well put together as well. Still leaves a lot of questions, like I say, but the, just the eyewitness accounts of family members and what some of these first witness military people and the the farmer or the rancher that found the material originally. And, you know, and just the, the cover-up from back then of the military. I mean, once they kind of realized, oh, this might really be something, it seems like that's when they rolled in there. You know, witnesses account that they told people, don't talk about it, basically, you know, we're, we're gonna, you're going to have severe consequences. So most people never talked about it. And, you know, I mean, a lot of them are older now, and I think they're just the point where, like, you know, I don't care what you do to me now. I need to get, we need to get this information out. You know, and then expand the area and the thinking about aliens and the possibilities of where we could go. There's a lot of other uh, incidents as well, and I don't remember if this was on the Phenomenon documentary. I think it was, but after we learned how to split the atom, making the atom bomb, we started getting a lot of sightings at these military installations after they started putting these missiles all over the place across the US, you know, in Alaska and different places, they started getting weird sightings there and started getting weird things happening with their computers like uh, you know, all the lights turning on and they're they're thinking they're going into nuclear war like these things are ready to launch. And then everything just went back to normal. And these were accounts all over these different sightings of uh, there was one in Montana, a military weapons site up there that has nuclear weapons, almost like they were if you know if these were actual alien just probes, and nobody said they'd seen any actual aliens themselves, but a lot of these accounts came from military police you know that are out out you know patrolling or whatever, seeing these bright lights coming in and you know, like beams of light going down into these missile silos, and that's when the controller people underground started freaking out because all of a sudden this, their controls just start going crazy. So is is that what maybe sparked interest from other places around the universe that maybe captured, you know, like I say, if they're, if they're smart enough and advanced enough that they could travel here in the first place, why would they not be curious that a bunch of freaking monkeys are splitting atoms now, you know? I mean, basically, if you, if you really look at the bigger scheme of things, we haven't, humans haven't really been around that long in the big scheme of things. That's why I was trying to put everything into perspective on just the size and the, the amount of time it's been since, you know, kind of the consensus of the Big Bang that created everything we see. So... Uh, 
Travis Walton, you know, this it also goes into abductions. I mean, how how true are they? I mean, do the, would they be curious? I guess, you know, I mean, I'd be curious if I went back in time and seen a caveman. You know, like, wow, you know, this is what they what we really looked like back then, you know, and how far we've come as humans in our natural evolution, you know. I mean, we invent so many different things to make our lives better and possibly worse too at the same time. And then, uh, you know, it's just, I would think they would be curious to an extent, you know. I mean, it, I, if they're that far advanced, their species of what maybe, maybe what's what we will look like in, you know, thousands of years, ten thousands of years, if we ever get to that point and don't destroy ourselves before then. <laughs> Because uh, as, as of right now, since the start of the nuclear program, as far as I understood from the things I've researched on the atomic bomb, is the amount of atomic bombs we have now are so much more powerful than they were when the first ones were dropped on Japan that between all the countries that have nuclear capabilities that way, militarily, would wipe out all life on Earth and probably make this planet uninhabitable forever just due from nuclear fallout afterwards. may not even be the blast, but it would be the nuclear fallout afterwards would basically kill all plant and animal life on the whole planet. So hopefully we're not dumb enough to do that, but you never know. You get people in power that uh, go a little crazy sometimes. Because the U.S. also has had a lot of different programs that most people never knew, you know, they were top secret, they had only certain individuals that ran these things, and certain amount of people that, you know, basically were sworn to secrecy, and, you know, even like a lot of these people from the Roswell incident were basically sworn to secrecy, like they said, you know, some of them had accounts that like, look, we will kill your wife, your family, if you talk about this, do you know, basically threaten them with their lives and their families' lives if they said anything about this. I mean, that's, that's uh, by their accounts what happened. You know, even the sheriff of Corona was was the town that was closest, actually closest to the wreckage. And you know, multiple people had accounts that you know, brass came in and said, hey. Nobody's supposed to talk about this. this. This didn't happen. It was a weather balloon. Yada, yada, yada. You know, I mean, it was the. It could have been more believable if they had just stated with it. I mean, because the original military report came out that, yeah, we've recovered a spacecraft. And then immediately after that, somebody higher up got it and said, no, we can't. We can't have this out there. We got to make something up. That's, I mean, that's how I looked at it from the stuff that I seen on the Roswell, the first witness was they basically just come in, made a cover-up. I mean, and all of a sudden, that whole area out there turned into nobody could go out there. The military had it all blocked off, loaded up truckloads of stuff, according to eyewitnesses again, and according to family members that these eyewitness people talked to later down the road, you know, and before they were on their deathbed and knew that it was pretty much the end of their line. I think they just wanted to get it off their chest that, hey, this is what I know, you know, and the, the people recounting what they told them said, you know, they were in their right mind, they weren't crazy, you know, and 
yeah, they were old in their older parts of the generation, but this is what they told us in private, you know, but basically told us the same thing to not tell anybody about it, you know, and not just for that, but, you know, a lot of people just don't want to believe that there could be anything else out there more advanced than us, you know, we're the only ones around, so to say stuff like that, I mean, you're crazy, you know, that's what, that's what a lot of people get, the ridicule, but the different programs, going back to that, that the military has had, they've had, uh, what is it, a code name Sign, code name Grudge, the blue book that's infamously been coming out lately on that information, the ATIP program, I mean, they spent $22 million researching stuff like that, so if, if they didn't think there was something there, why would you spend that kind of money on a program? That you, it, you know, most of the time, these programs go unnoticed. They go into defense bills and different things like that, so it's not to draw attention, but luckily, you know, with the Freedom of Information Act, people can eventually get this information, and that's kind of one of the things I, I don't know if the government is really, if they do have these things, if keeping it secret like it is, I mean, I, I would think more people would be accepting of the truth nowadays than probably back then, you know, I mean, it was probably pretty frightening to everybody at that time of finding aliens and spacecrafts and different things, you know, it's, I think we've advanced though, I am not saying that people wouldn't be still a little bit freaked out, but I don't think it'd be quite as bad as it would have been back in the 1940s, you know, just, it's like I say, it'd be like a caveman coming to our time and just seeing all the different things that we've invented over the last just 20 years. So it's, I, I mean, I, I, I get it at one point, but I think they're also limiting the amount of brain power to maybe solve some of these mysteries that they themselves seemingly haven't, uh, that Jaco Valley, uh, he does, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, but he was talking about the materials supposedly that he was being able to uh, examine, I guess. So they were, he was kind of explaining it like this, that when you get down on the molecular level of the metal, that they were noticing that the isotopes of the metal were arranged in a certain way that's not like anything that we have or that we know of on this planet and that's how they think it was designed to make it super flexible uh, but super strong at the same time and I mean you'd have to figure something out if if you're, you know, traveling through space, I mean, there's a lot of junk out there too that's going to be able to hit this thing. And, you know, you're if you're traveling as fast as a lot of these videos show these things can travel, now you don't want to hit even a speck of dust going that fast because it's going to cause some damage. <laughs> but uh, the materials. So he says there are 253 isotopes that do not undergo radioactive decay in any reasonable time frame and then so he has a page that has a table of nuclides where they gray where the gray boxes denote the 253 stable isotopes uh, some elements such as aluminum have only one stable isotope 
Titanium and nickel each have five stable isotopes. Tin has eight. And there are natural ratios of these isotopes that are largely governed by stellar decay processes. Centrifugal forces, uh, like, you know, during planetary formation and stuff. And the proximity to gamma and other radiation sources. So the ratios vary slightly across the solar system. And significant variations in isotope ratios imply either engineering of the ratios for a purpose or that the materials came from somewhere that does not play by our rules. And that was one of his quotes. Uh, what is this website, The Daily Grill? You know, it has different things about him talking about these metals that supposedly they have in. Uh, they've let small fragments of them out to different places to study them to try and recreate it basically recreate this metal but even at that he's saying it would cost trillions of dollars just to produce a small square of it under the limited knowledge we have of how these isotopes were put together and rearranged on a molecular level it's not like we we you know we have metallurgy that we basically we smelt materials we smelt the the ore out of the ground to get it to separate from the natural rock and different things and then we we break it down and create it that way under extreme heat uh, but as far as we know with our processes we have we can't recreate these pieces of metal and I think he was even saying it has it has uh, metals like we have in it but it doesn't the ice at the isotopic level is where it's different I mean like I say I'm not a scientist so I don't completely understand it myself so his theory is that it, there's either a process we don't know how to do to make it that way or it's it was designed from a more advanced species that, that's kind of what he was getting at uh, and like I say, once again, though, I mean, we live in a very small point of the rest of the galaxies and the, the rest of the universe. So maybe there's just elements out there that line up this way that we just don't know about. I mean, we are realistically pretty limited on what we know about the universe other than we can take pictures of places out there. We can measure x-rays, uh, gravity fields in certain places. I mean, we have very limited knowledge. Well, we think we know a lot, but like I say, science is always finding new things all the time that change the directions of where they thought they knew exactly what was happening. So, I mean, it, it might come maybe one day when we finally uh, quit killing each other. <laughs> aliens, I mean, if aliens are real and they have been coming here for as long as they have been, then I think they would be pretty much, they would have annihilated us by now if that was their intentions. I think they've probably advanced far enough that they're past that. Well, excuse me. So I think we need to start looking that if they are coming here, that we're not trying to shoot them out of the sky because it's something we don't understand. We can't grasp. What's this object that's traveling at this immense amount of speed and it's basically moving from here to there in a blink of an eye 
they can rotate around like seamlessly you know there's no propulsion that, that anybody's been able to see coming out of them you know like us we we burn fuel to create the thrust you know to move forward so these things seemingly don't have that restriction and that would make sense by what Bob Lazar is saying about how this propulsion device that he was brought in into the S4 in area you know it was an area out on the area 51 that he worked in supposedly you know like I say his his story seemed really credible too so I don't and it still does to this day you know and, and his drawings of how he explained how it worked and the new element uh what was it, element 151 or something like that that people thought was bullcrap and didn't exist and now we've had people say yeah no it it really does exist so now we have this new element and that's supposedly part of the how this anti-gravity engine worked or something like that i i don't remember exactly what it was it was just just fascinating to put all this stuff together and I mean, people have done a really well job, you know, and maybe they've kind of faked some of it. I don't know, but it seemed pretty compelling and pretty real as far as what they've put together on different eyewitness accounts, the different uh, more credible looking videos that people have taken, you know, with more modern technology that, you know, still kind of blurry and whatever, but it's the time period, you know, it's I think it's harder to fake that stuff than it would have been you know it's easier to fake it nowadays with the technology we have the cgi and stuff than it would be with somebody's camera phone of the time they took the recording you know of seeing these lights and stuff floating through the sky and no noise to them and a lot of those accounts so you know if, if this is something that doesn't require a, a normal propulsion like we use then it makes sense you know it's just it's using anti-gravity to put itself wherever it needs to go against the gravity of the earth or against you know the gravity between space and earth and whatever but it's just uh pretty interesting to look at it all but there's so much more information out there now it's like we kind of are scientists still learning still learning all this stuff but you know now we've been able to put stuff into videos and start to piece a bunch of different pieces of the puzzle together so i think if the the military if they do have this stuff they have the materials they have they had space creatures you know and maybe you know I, i'd imagine if they were here from the 40s and they're you know like the roswell incident there's witnesses that claim they did see little people around this craft running around some of them were dead some of them were alive that if they collected them i don't know what our military would do to them I'm, I'm assuming like the monkeys we are probably wanted to dissect them and figure out how they work type mentality and that would in my opinion would keep a more advanced society from wanting to come here it's like you know those freaking creatures are crazy man they'll freaking tear you apart don't go there but you know i mean they still could be curious about you know where we're at in the universe and maybe possibly someday coming and helping us advance ourselves so we don't turn into a, a dead planet like Mars. You know, and I don't know if Mars just just naturally had a short lifespan as it is. Could there have been life there still with the closest planet 
that we want to go to that may have inhabited life at one time, may have ha inhabited running water, you know, liquid water on it. Uh, we still are very limited on what we know of that planet. Sure, we have, you know, robots up there taking pictures and samples and different things, but we don't really know a whole lot about Mars still. I mean, I think we know enough about it to know that we can't just go up there and terraform it and turn it into a living planet again. I think that's kind of even somebody as dumb as me can figure that out. If you don't have a magnetic field like our Earth does, and that's the thing, magnetic fields play a big part in us even being able to live on this planet. Because if we didn't, it, we would basically look like Mars. The solar radiation and the solar heat from the sun would basically strip all the water and everything off of our planet and make it a dead planet. I mean, we would look just like Mars if if we didn't have plate tectonics, if we didn't have a solid core that's actually spinning. You know, there's a lot of different things that we know as from scientists and different things that have to happen to make life still exist on this planet. You know, and that we might find life on other planets as far as microscopic stuff that could withstand more extremes than we can. The only way we're going to live on Mars is indoor planetarium, basically. You know, at this point, I can't see if there was running water, if there was trees and plant life and different things like that on the planet. It's been so long ago since it was gone, you know, that, I mean, what's our planet? 14 billion years old, supposedly. You know, like I say, it's still limited on, oh, you got this large variation. Oh, that's somewhere between 12 and 15 billion years old, you know. So it's just kind of a general consensus is we're around 14 billion years old. And that's just kind of when our, they think our planet come together and formed as a planet. But it just happened to be that certain things all happened. It, all the solid elements went to the center, the big heavy nickel and iron and all that stuff, and condensed, super condensed, and created this solid core that we got. But it's spinning inside, and then we've got our, you know, our mantle and everything that's, everything on the crust is all moving around all the time, you know, and it keeps, there's like a balance. And then, like I say, we have a magnetosphere that they've been able to measure, and it goes from the north-south pole. Sometimes they think it flips around. So maybe there's something to do with our magnetic sphere, uh, whatever that word is. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe there's something with, to do with that, that their propulsion that they've come up with magnetizes to that because not everything has these magnetic fields around around the planet so if that's the case maybe that's something that attracts them to our planet too like oh there's there's this rock out there around this star that it's really putting off a lot of magnetic field or whatever so let's go see what's going on there and like I say the vast amount of space the amount of time supposedly that the universe has been here I just can't imagine why there would not be lots of other life that's just way more advanced than we are that's kind of figured some things out <laughs> that we keep you know 
we're more interested in, uh, hey, let's spend a lot of money on weapons to kill other people in other countries because they said something naughty about us or, you know, whatever reason. I don't want to get into the politics of all that crap, but it's one of these days, one of these days, and it's probably not going to be for a couple lifetimes, you know, maybe we'll get some people that'll actually get into positions of power that will release this information. Let it be known to the world that, hey, you know, why why are we sitting here killing each other when we should all be working together where it's just, just a power struggle all the time? It's like we could we could do so much more and explore more places. We don't have necessarily go to Mars and live there. I don't think that's going to be possible for our, I don't know, even aliens. Why didn't, you know, why would not aliens live there if it was inhabitable? I just don't see why there would be any kind of interest in the planet if it's pretty much a dead planet. You know, and they supposedly have found places where there's frozen water in the, at the poles in ice form, whatever. So, I mean, it's just, there's a lot to still learn. A lot to be, that's still coming out, you know. People that are actually still still interested in it and still you know bringing us information is it's it's hard to get it out of our government obviously there you know we have been getting it to trickle out you know it was really surprising that they let those videos from those fighter pilots come out you know like what the heck is that you know they see this thing and it's traveling it's moving super fast and it's just traveling in ways that none of our human capabilities can do let alone, I think, would withstand. And they may, you know, maybe they've got probe technology that they can just send out to these different planets from wherever they live and just take samples. I don't know, kind of like we do sending probes to Mars, you know. We're taking samples and trying to learn. They might be trying to learn about us. I mean, we're always trying to learn about history, you know, stuff that goes on in just our recent past, you know. Well, some of us are still trying to learn about it. And, you know, we have archaeologists digging up stuff all the time uh, just to learn about where we came from so maybe they kind of look at us as you know from parts of their history like oh this is kind of where we were thousands of years ago who knows still interesting uh the shows i recommend the phenomenon documentary uh very well put together very interesting uh bob lazar uh, and his stuff with S4. Area, you know, look up Area 51 and kind of get a background on that. And a lot of speculation with that stuff, you know. That may very well have had certain projects, I would say, there. And possibly alien spacecraft that have wrecked. Because, I mean, as far as we know, there have been a bunch of different ones that have crashed that have really not got a whole lot of... Uh, notice i guess like roswell did and uh look up nick pope and the information he's got on different things i think he's got some stuff on youtube as well uh the atip program blue book project blue book i think you can actually look up online now and look through you know and like i say a lot of this government stuff has a lot of redacted information on there so you got to kind of possibly piece it together you know is that just somebody's name are they protecting somebody's name are they protecting a program they had you know working in this certain area 
you know, it's, who knows? But I think uh, someday we're going to get somebody that's going to bring this information out and say, look, this is what we really have. We're still trying to figure it out. Uh, this is what we know. And this is what we still don't know. <laughs> so anyways, are they real? Aliens? Who knows? Time might tell. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to explore space someday. But I think we're going to have to uh, get over the fact that, hey, we need to quit trying to use these technologies if we actually have them to try and figure out how to wipe out somebody else on another continent or, you know, the power struggle. we got to get over as humans as a power struggle and move out of the Stone Age as far as this, the universe goes and the age of technology. We're still advancing. You know, hopefully we can figure it out someday. And uh, that's pretty much all I got for today for these thoughts. Uh, look up that stuff. Watch those movies and stuff. It's, it's really intriguing. I mean, you don't got to get lost in like, oh, aliens, you know, all that fun stuff. But it's really interesting just to watch and see all of those different elements of these shows and kind of put together, I guess, your own conclusion. You know, it's like, oh, it's all BS or, yeah, I guess there's a good possibility that, you know, this stuff has happened and probably still will keep happening. And maybe someday these beings might come here. We can accept them and learn their technology. I mean, that's that's really kind of what it probably comes down to is just not trying to shoot them out of the sky. You know, there was protocol that that's what they were told to do because our military's training, I guess, you know, for the most part is protect our airspace. So we see something strange here. We think it's just some other country sending something here to try and, you know, bomb us or something. Who knows, you know. But I think the more less hostile we start getting towards these sightings, probably the closer we'll get to maybe them coming and giving us technology to better our lives and, you know, possibly give us better propulsion systems than just, hey, we have gasoline and that's what drives everything we know. <laughs> we have gas, we have uh, oil. You know, and that, that's our propulsion. But if we could come up with some kind of propulsion that gave us the same amount of where we want to go to power, I think it would be a lot easier for us to get out. I mean, I'm going to do a whole nother one on uh, climate change here coming probably in the next year. Kind of on my thoughts on where we are with that and kind of how it ties in as well, but... Like I said, that's a different episode. So, aliens, are they real? Make your own decisions. Uh, check out those videos, though, and make your own conclusion. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you like listening to these, go ahead and subscribe, and then you can keep getting them. And uh, hope to see you again on the next one. I uh, appreciate everybody listening. Thanks.